0: was forgiveness his business was salvation his business was mercy his business was grace his business was heaven for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son on the cross that whoever believes in him and in his death on the cross would not perish but have eternal life For God did not send his son into the world and on the cross to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. How important is the cross to Christians? Well, it's very important, amen? It's very important. It's important because of what that cross represents and it's because of who got nailed to it. The cross is very meaningful especially to we who belong to Jesus. To us the cross is not a shameful symbol, it's not an offensive symbol. Instead it's an it's a symbol of grace and mercy forgiveness of sin, and the promise of eternal life. Max Locato wrote, The cross rests on the timeline of history. And it rests there like a compelling diamond. We've idolized it. We've despised it. We've gold plated it. We've burned it. We've worn it. And we've trashed it. History has done everything but ignore the cross. Never before has a simple piece of wood meant so much. It's just a piece of wood, but it means so much. You see, the cross of Christ matters to God. And the cross of Christ should matter to us. This morning, we're going to find out why. This morning we'll find out why this cross should matter so much to us. But first, let's read what Mark wrote about this cross. In Mark chapter 15, beginning in verse 21, Then they compelled a certain man, Simon, a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross to bear the cross of Jesus and they brought him to a place called Golgotha which translated is the place of the skull and then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink to try to deaden the pain but he didn't take it and when they crucified him they divided his garments casting lots throwing dice to determine What every man should take. And now it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription above his cross was this. The king of the Jews. With him they also crucified two robbers. One on the right, the other on the left. So that the scripture was fulfilled which says, And he was numbered with the transgressors. And those who passed by blasphemed him wagging their heads and saying, Aha! You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. You come on down from that cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking amongst themselves with the scribes said, He save others, but He can't save Himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from that cross so that we may see and then we'll believe even those who were crucified with him reviled him and now when the sixth hour had come there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour for 3 hours it was pitch black and at the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying eloi eloi lama sabachthani which when translated is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood by when they heard that said, look, he's calling out for Elijah. And then someone ran and filled a sponge full of sour wine, put it on a reed and offered it to him, and let him to let him drink, saying, let him alone, let us see if Elijah will come and take him down. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice, And breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple, that that heavyweight curtain that separated the most holy place from all the Gentiles was split from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, listen to what he said. He said, truly, This man was the son of God. Why should the cross of Christ matter to you? Why should the cross of Christ matter to God? Well, first of all, let's look at the priority of the cross. See, from the very beginning of time, God knew precisely what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing when he sent Jesus into this world. And his priority was to save your hide. His priority was to save you from sin. And he did it through the cross of Christ. Isaiah chapter 53, the Bible says, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. Did y'all hear that? It was God's will. It was God's priority to allow Christ to suffer and die for us. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, it was God's priority to allow Jesus to become sin, to allow Jesus to suffer so that we could be saved from sin. God's priority was accomplished in regard to Jesus. But listen carefully. What about your life? What is the top priority In your life, are you seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Or are you looking out for yourself? Have you realized that all the success, that all the wealth, that all the prosperity that you will ever need is found in the cross of Christ? Friends, it's called getting our priorities right. Is the kingdom, the cross, and the Christ the most important things in your life? If they're not, you need to get your priorities right. Do you realize that the average lifespan of a human being in America is 70 years old, give or take? And that most people will spend 33% of their lives sleeping. Well, we've got to sleep, right? About a third of our lives sleeping. But do you realize that of those same Americans, 11.5% of them will spend 11.5% of their time watching TV? Do you realize that That 6.5% of these Americans spend that time just having fun? Gotta have some fun, right? But listen to this. Only 0.7% of them spend time practicing their faith. Less than 1% spend that time Practicing their faith. I'm here to tell you this morning that the cross of Christ should be a priority in your life. It should be a priority in your life. Think about it. What changes do you need to make to make the cross of Christ top priority? But that's not the only reason that the cross matters to God and not the only reason that the cross should matter to you. You also ought to consider the pain of the cross. How many of you have ever had a bad day? Raise them up. Let's see them. Anybody ever had a bad day? We've all had a bad day. We've all had bad days. It's inevitable. Even Christians are going to have a bad day. Even Christians at some point are going to suffer in their lives. Even Christians at some point are going to have pain in their lives. The world's not perfect. And neither are we. In fact, Peter said, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the painful trials that you're suffering as though something strange is happening. They're inevitable, they're coming. Young people, be ready for it. They're coming. Hard times are coming. Challenges are coming. Painful trials are coming. But I want, to, I want you to know that no matter how great your pain might be, there was no greater pain than that that was born on that cross. Have you ever wondered how Jesus must have felt nailed to that cross? The Bible tells us we ought to think about that. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, consider him who endured such hostility from sinners so that you don't grow weary and lose heart. See, none of us will ever suffer anything near what Christ suffered on that cross. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, meaning, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus took on his body our sin. He became sin. He tasted death for you. And he was separated from his father. Two-year-old David Was taken by his mom, Deborah, to see Dr. Larry Truman. Larry Truman was a doctor who specialized in treating children who have cancer. Dr. Truman's prognosis was devastating to mom. Little David had leukemia, and he had a 50 50 shot of surviving. But through the countless clinic visits, the blood tests, all the IV uh, drugs, all the fear and all the pain, many of you moms can identify with this. The mom's ordeal was almost as bad as the child's because the mom is unable to bear the pain herself. But ironically, little David never cried while he was in the waiting room. Although the friends he was waiting to visit uh, always heard him sticking needles in his arms and in various places. In fact, he always ran ahead of his mom so that he could visit with the staff at Dr. Truman's office. But when David was three, he had to have a spinal tap. A spinal tap is a painful procedure at any age. But David's mom explained to him that because he was sick, Dr. Truman had to do something to make him better. His mom said, David, if it hurts, just remember Dr. Truman loves you. Well, the procedure was horrendous. It took three nurses to hold David still. And as he yelled and as he cried and as he struggled he looked up and the tiny boy was soaked with sweat and tears and he looked up at the doctor and he said thank you Dr. Tooman for my hurting as Jesus bore our pain as he bore our suffering I wonder Did he say, Thank you, Father, for my pain? Did he say, Thank you, Father, for my suffering? I don't know about all that, but I do know what we should say. We should say, Thank you, Jesus, for hurting for me. Thank you, Jesus, for taking my pain. Thank you, Jesus, for taking my punishment. Because you see, before you can really celebrate Easter, you first have got to acknowledge the priority of the cross and the pain of the cross. But there's also great power in the cross. See, the Bible is very clear about the promise of heaven. And for the most part, people in this world are interested in going there. Is there anybody here interested in going to heaven when they die? Would you raise your hand if you have any interest at all in going to heaven when you die? Several years ago, Time Magazine did an article on the afterlife. And they found that 81% of Americans believe that heaven exists. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? That article also found out that 63% of them believe that hell, hell exists. But it also found out that only 1% of Americans believe they'll end up in heaven. Is that sad or what? That's so sad. Friends, this is what the cross of Jesus is all about. It's what the cross of Christ is all about. Without the cross of Christ, there's no doorway into heaven. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God. The power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The power of Christ is salvation. The power of the cross is salvation. It's through His death on the cross... That we're saved. It's the only way. It's through his death on the cross that your sins can be forgiven. It's the only way. It's through his death on the cross that you have any hope of heaven. It's the only way. See, far too many people think that they're going to heaven because they've been good. But I want to tell you that the gospel says there is not one thing You can actually do to earn heaven. The only thing you can do is believe in the cross of Christ and the one who died there. You know, occasionally while I'm eating out at a restaurant, someone will surprise me and they'll bless me and they'll come up and they'll say, let me buy your meal. Let me pay for you. And I'll always say, no, 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 I can pay for my own food. And they say, no, you can't pay. Your money ain't no good here. I'm paying, I'm paying, let me pay. Guess what? That's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus said, let me pay for you. Let me pay the price for you. It's through his payment that we're saved, y'all. Our payment would never be enough. We would never be able to pay enough to go to heaven. And if you tried it, when you got there, you'd find out that your payment wasn't no good. Because your money ain't no good up there. The only thing good enough is the Christ of the cross. Robert Speer said, anyone who claims to be a Christian is bound to do one of two things. One, if it isn't true, they got to give it up. Two, if it is true, they've got to give it away. You know, this is a great time of year to give the message away. People are thinking about Easter. Many people are even thinking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's not be selfish with Jesus this year. I mean, the least we can do is invite them to church where they can hear the glorious gospel, where they've got a chance to go to heaven. And that's why we've included one of these invitation cards in every bulletin. And if you don't have one or if you want more, we got bunches of them. But I would like to challenge you as a believer, a fellow believer in Christ, that you will give that to somebody that's not going to church. Just one person. That's not too big of an order, is it? One person this week? One person. Give it to one person. And say, I just want to invite you to church this week. We're having a special Easter service. It's going to be awesome. And I want you to be invited. Let's not be selfish with Jesus. Let's spread the word of this cross, this cross of Christ. You see, listen carefully. You listen and say, Amen. Jesus didn't just die for you, Jesus didn't just die for you, He died for your parents. He died for your brothers and sisters. He died for your friends. He died for your classmates. He died for your co-workers. He died for all those people at the mall. He even died for those crazy people you see at Walmart. He died for all of them. He didn't just die for you. So let's be challenged this week to spread the word of Christ. You know, on the outskirts of London, there stood a large white cross. And one day in the middle of the city, a policeman heard a little boy crying. And he came up and he asked the little fellow. he said, what's the matter? How can I help you? And he said, I'm lost. I'm lost. And the officer said, well, don't cry. You don't have to cry. We can fix that. We can find out where you live. And the little boy said, if you'll just take me to the hill where that white cross stands, I can find my way home. Can I tell you that it's just that simple? The way of the cross leads home. The way of the cross leads to heaven. Are you lost in your sin? If you died today, Would you have any hope of going to heaven? Or would you be eternally separated from God with no hope? What do you got to do? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust him. Obey him. Surrender your life to him. And the promise of this Bible is that if you'll believe in him, trust him, and surrender to him, He will save you, and he will take you home. That's my prayer for you today. Father in heaven, I thank you for a wonderful opportunity to worship you on this Palm Sunday. But Lord, my heart just yearns for those who don't have any hope right now. And Father, I pray if there's even one person here that is lost they don't have a relationship with you through Jesus Christ and the